And I'm delighted to say that we have on the phone with us Mr. Sunil Tamang. He was born and raised in Siafru, Bensi, Nepal, and he has recently completed his college degree from the University of Bokhara, Nepal, in environmental management. Good morning, Sunil. Whoops. Good morning, Sunil. Uh, good morning, Jen. Uh, thank you for calling in. Welcome to Colorado. How do you like our snow? Oh, thank you for having me here. Yeah, it's nice. I mean, I love it, so being from the mountain in Nepal. And yeah, it's just a little bit cold here, but at the end, it's really beautiful. It is very beautiful. You are speaking on Thursday in Buena Vista on January 12th at 7 p.m., talking about your trek for change. Uh, yes. Yeah, tell us about that. Um, the talk on the first base, uh, I'll be talking about trek for change. This is a trek that I did in 2011 back in Nepal. The trek is mostly walking from east to west of Nepal uh, across the Himalaya, which took me around 128 days um, walking alone on this on the stretch of Himalaya in Nepal. And then, yeah, on the second phase, I will talk about the reconstructions and all that quick stuff in the uh, presentation. What inspired you to make a trek like that all by yourself? Um, to put it straightforward, first thing, I wanted to explore Nepal because I was fascinated uh, um, by all the tourists coming to Nepal because I was from mm-hmm. Langtang region where Shapibensi is. And, you know, many people came there from different parts of the world and I was always fascinated in the very young age why would these people come here? And as I grew up, I discovered it's a beautiful place. People who like to see people around Nepal. Uh, so diverse ethnic group and everything. And I thought, I want to do this experience why, uh, why these people are coming here and spending such a big money. And, and I'll, you know, it's all also to understand myself about all the environment and socio-economic aspect of my country. And what did you find out? It's to, uh, honestly, it was a very beautiful journey. I mean, uh, just to feel from the east part of Nepal and going to all the way to the west part of Nepal, first of all, the natural beauty, all the the uh, highest mountain in the world and all the alpine and subtropical forests that we have and the gorgeous uh, flow of all the rivers. And more than that, especially to meet the people from different ethnic groups was a magnificent. I mean, like, the culture they had, the lifestyle they had. But at the same time, you know, then you have a problem with, like, poverty and climate change threat and... Yeah, various environmental aspects like forest fire. And at the end, I got to know overall of my country. So um, in one way, it was very beautiful, but in another way, it was not easy to see everything. But at the end, it inspires you to move ahead to do something good for the people there. Yeah, we have a lot of forest fires here in Colorado. Uh, You haven't spent too much time in Colorado yet. I don't know if you've been able to draw any similarities between Nepal and Colorado. Um, yeah, it's been just two days since I arrived in Colorado, so I haven't really been able to do a lot of things here. And also another thing is 
um, I mean, it's downtown, so it's more of more. I see a lot of countries than the forest. So probably when I go to Vienna Vista, I think I would see more forest, and I think probably have more comparison. But uh, one thing for sure, um, uh, where I come from and uh, where I'm right now is almost the same attitude, and I still can't find the differences in well, like uh, climate. I mean, also with the weather pattern. Uh, we don't really get the snowfall like this up there in the mountains anymore. And here you still have a lot of snowfall. What inspired you to come and visit the United States? Uh, one thing, uh, uh, when I was 10 years old, I was uh, sponsored by Barbara Expert-Ready uh, and a family to go to school in Kathmandu. And the one reason that I wanted to come to NASA to, to visit them and also be part of the family. And another thing is I wanted to see how the United States has been doing with, you know, overall, because everyone talks about the United States as a country of dreams and people have different aspects of their life. And I wanted to experience how the development things are going up there and how the environmental issues are going up here. So it's more about, like, uh, cross-cultural exchange for me and experiencing by traveling. Oh, that is great. I, what is next for you? After How long will you be in the United States and what will you do when you're done with your visit here? Uh, I'm here till January 20th. That's the day I fly back. And uh, when I'm back to Nepal, um, I try, uh, try my best to engage in more in other earthquake relief activities and more into environmental and social welfare activities back in my country uh, for one more year. And then I look forward to um, be in a grad school somewhere in the state or maybe in Europe to have more further experience on my academic life. You're a very ambitious young man. Uh, I think it doesn't really hurt to be ambitious and you put your body forth and it kind of works out to be ambitious. I admire you, yes. Uh, Thank you. Tell us more about the earthquake that happened in Nepal and what you've done to help out the rebuilding effort. Uh, On April 25, 2015, which is almost like two years back, um, we had a big earthquake uh, of 7.8 magnitude. And again, followed by another major earthquake in May 12, same year, which is around 7.3 magnitude. And this had impact in almost 14 major districts of Nepal out of um, 75 districts we have in Nepal, where like more than 8,000 people were killed and more than 22,000 people were injured. And another is like, Around 500,000 houses were destroyed and around 300,000 houses got damaged. So that was overall. And as I come from Chaperbensi, the Longtang region, the Longtang Valley especially was hit by avalanche. And some research says the avalanche was almost um, half of the powerful like uh, atom bomb that hit the Hiroshima back in the war. And... My village was destroyed. Um, we had around like 35 houses that got destroyed. So I wanted to help uh, my village. So back in December 
2015, I initiated this project, I rebuilt Old Shafru, where I wanted to construct 22 houses. So then this is how, and then, but we wanted to start in December, but then we had to um, border block it with India because of several political reasons. So we faced like six months of blockade. Uh, so we couldn't have any uh, fuel, and everything was very chaotic situation. So finally, in April 2016, we could start our real construction work. So, uh, and before I came to the United States on December 5th, we finally completed our project to reconstruct all the houses, and people had moved into the houses. So that's how, that's a general idea how what I did with the reconstruction of my village. And in general, how is the country reconstructing after losing hundreds of thousands of houses? Um, personally, I'm not really impressed with what reconstruction has been going on, because out of uh, like around 500,000 houses that were destroyed, I think nearly around 50,000 houses have been reconstructed, and the reconstruction page is pretty much slow. You know, on both residential houses and also with the public houses or like schools and medical uh, infrastructure. So I would say still uh, it's in another good shape. So we need to do more. And uh, all the political lingering and so instability in government has always influenced in the reconstruction of residential and all different infrastructure and all the heritage uh, infrastructure and all. What could you recommend that someone from, say, where we live here in Colorado could do to help out that terrible housing problem? Uh, First of all, uh, what I believe from this project that what I have done is, you know, there is always several problems with government, but, you know, you always want to help some people and the best way to the uh, best way to help people is coordinate direct with the local uh, leaders and or the community, and you uh, help there. And if there are some people who are free or want to have holiday and combined volunteerism, they can also go and contact some people there directly to the community and try help they rebuild the houses. And I think probably donating a lot of money to the very big organizations and. Um, to the government directly itself. I don't mean to blame that a lot of uh, uh, big organization and government is not functioning efficiently, but what we see as a result now after more than a, one year or nearly two years after the earthquake, the results seem to be not very impressive by what they have done. So I think the working directly and locally with the people seems to be a best solution. Do you have any contact information how we might help? Um, if you're planning to work in a long-term region, I can be one of the contact person. but we don't have, like, particular associations and all. It's more, like, uh, individual initiative driven by. But also, I think if you uh, go to several websites, uh, I think there are pretty much, I'm pretty sure there are several groups who are working closely with the community. So I think those will be some helpful due to some research on the Internet as well. Okay. But, if people are planning to work particularly in my region, then I can facilitate it um, in the best way I can. Well, thank you for that offer. Our guest this morning on the telephone is Mr. Sunil Tamang. He 
was born and raised in Siafru, Bensi, Nepal, and he will be speaking with the Collegiate Peaks Forum series on Thursday in Buena Vista at the Congregational United Church of Christ, 217 Crossman Avenue. That program begins at 7 o'clock, and all of the lectures that the Collegiate Peaks Forum series offers are free of charge. What kinds of things will you be telling us about on Thursday without giving away the whole speech? Uh, uh, the presentation will consist of two sections. First, as I previously mentioned, I will be talking about the trek that I walked across Nepal and some of the, my experience and adventure stories about it. And on the second half, I will be giving a sudden uh, introduction on earthquake had that happened in 2015 and its impact overall and also how it took uh, in my region and what are the general uh, political prospect of Nepal and how we can respond back and you know this these are generally the, and uh, followed by the question and answer session that's a, a general uh, framework of, of my talk. That sounds really good. Can you tell us one particular adventure story from your trek in the Himalaya? Um, to point out, uh, particularly, uh, as I mentioned, it was a solo trip. It was not easy, and so I think uh, I had to do all stuff packing my uh, backpack. So just to mention in brief, you know, for some people, it is quite surprising to hear that I carried like 28 kilograms of weight on my backpack for 128 days. So that's one brief example of the adventure story, just the hard work. But uh, there are more, I think. I would request people to come to the talk and listen to more adventure stories. Did you train ahead of time? Um, not really. Um, I think the lifestyle in Nepal is pretty much based on a lot of physical strength, but I think that is one advantage I had. So I didn't have to train anything before the uh, this 128 days long expedition. Well, that sounds like a wonderful experience, and you were only 20 years old. You carried oh, all, indeed. Yeah, you carried all of your food and most of your water with uh, you? Water, clothing, and the gears that I will be needing across, like cans and other things. Wonderful. Anything else you'd like to tell us about Nepal or your visit here? Uh, I would like to request people who are interested in mountain or in mountain community. That one way to also help Nepal is by visiting Nepal. Uh, so you have a trek in a, a mountainous region. People, when I say to people, the earthquake hit places, people are a little bit frightened, they're not safe and all, but uh, indeed, uh, it's um, the trails in Nepal are particular, uh, particularly very safe, and also the Lantang region has been recently named by 43, uh, uh, 43rd place to visit for 2017. So you're more than welcome to visit Nepal. So I request uh, people to visit Nepal and help uh, rebuild. Uh, uh, should we learn any of the language before we come? No, if you know how to speak English, that's particularly fine. And I know a lot of people speak English here. <laughs> a lot of people. How did you learn to speak English? Um, yeah, it's morally from school. And also, um, I did several tour organizing when I was in 
high school, I still do some organizing when I have some free time, especially in the spring. And that's all, interacting with a lot of tourists also somehow helped me to enhance my speaking. Yeah, you do a great job. Thank you. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for calling in to Kahan. Yeah, thank you so much for having me, and thank you so much for America for welcoming me so warmly, even if the weather is a bit cold. <laughs> yes, you hit at the coldest time of the season so far. Yeah, but I'm loving it. It's uh, beautiful, but I like the places when it's covered by snow. I know it's a bit chilly, but at the end, it's also you have more time with people in indoor. And also, it's good because I'm also learning a ski, so it's good for me to have new skills being learned. Oh, will you get to ski in the next couple of days? Uh, I'm hoping for that. I look forward to ski some in a ski valley somewhere in Colorado. I don't know where in particular, but I have to do some search on it, and probably I would love to do some ski here. Well, I look forward to meeting you and hearing you talk on Thursday in Buena Vista at 7 p.m. Uh, thank you so much, Jen, for having me.